Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 317. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to talk about some of our very best friends. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? We are back. What is going down? Whole bunch is going down. We've got a really cool show today. We're going to talk about some of our best friends. Not people in the nation, but decks that we've had for a long time. We're also going to tell some stories and talk about why we keep the decks that we do. Before we get to any of that, we have to thank our official business, Daddy's FusionGamingOnline.com. Their source for all your gaming needs. Very much so. FusionGamingOnline.com, of which I have an order in that I chose pick up at event for. Oh. Ooh, yeah, you can do that. Oh, I should You do can that. do that. I did that and uh, used CCO Spring promo code, saved me some 5% on that. Hmm. Got, uh, got me a very important card that I'm going to alter as a gift for somebody, but I can't say because they listen. Two people, actually. Ooh, yeah, two. Not going to say the other one either. Well, that's neat. The important thing is, is if you're buying magic cards, sealed product, or singles, or gaming supplies, and you want to use CCO Spring, you can get a discount. On shit that you're going to buy anyway? Because you're going to buy it anyway. Wow. And it lets CCO and Fusion keep touching tips and being good friends and stuff. We're space docking. Yes. We link Eastern and Western Canada with our tips. We do. We're the only thing holding it together right now. So, yes. Little support goes a long way. Yep, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we very much appreciate that. Mm-hmm. In other podcasting business, oh. we have a new patron to thank. Oh. Yes, on patreon.com slash CCO podcast. You can go on there when you pledge, when you become officially part of the nation through the Patreon page. You get a sign up gift. Okay. That is. CCO sticker pack, CCO token pack, what have you. Something that is cool that you could play with or stick to something, maybe in public, a church pew, or like bathroom stall, urinals, pee on us. Brando kind of likes that. Hey, no kink shaming in the nation. No kink shaming in the nation. It's also setting me up for being in Winnipeg. Yeah, getting your practice golden showers in, Mm -hmm. hey? Yeah, that's a thing. That's okay. You know what? Um... I hear instead of having a yellow light at the intersections, they just have a homeless guy that just pees, pees on into you. the street. And then when he's done, the light turns green. You know, I'm or not going to I'm not going to lie. I have seen the most homeless guys peeing in the street in Saskatoon. What? Mostly because that's where I've lived my adult life. Yeah, that's probably was just me. Yeah, I only look like a homeless guy because look at me. I think also, I think also, I have peed in the streets the most times in Saskatoon, mm-hmm. which does not count peeing inside the Las Vegas Convention Center in not the bathroom. Correct. That's just we're yeah. not going there. No, 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 we're not. Okay, podcasting business. Podcasting business. <laughs> Who's this new patron, run? His name, Zach. Gordon. What? But it's spelled Zatch, which is totally funny all by itself. Zatch. But <laughs> but I kind of want to call him Sack. I was just going to say, we should call him Sack Jordan. Sack Zach Jordan? Jordan Jr. Even though it's Zach Gordon? Sack Jordan Jr. <laughs> That's what we're going to call him. Totally disregarding what the actual name is and going with your own 
Good plan. Yeah. That's how we do these things. That's how we've always done these things. Welcome to the nation and F you for being here. Mr. Sack Jr. Mr. Sack Jr. It's good to have you. Yeah. If you want to be like Mr. Sack Jr., head on over. Links below. Links anywhere you find the show. Link is right on your screen right now because Editor Joe... Uh, who works really, really hard to make us look good, so you should be watching on YouTube and subscribe while you're there. It takes a second. Yes. Pushing buttons is fun. We probably met Joe in Winnipeg. Oh, I hope so. He was probably a really cool guy. I bet he was. Probably had a beer with him. Probably did. I'll bet you he said a lot of things I don't understand. I follow him on Twitter, and he tweets things that I don't understand. Oh, yeah. He, he talks a- probably about disc golf. He talks about disc golf and, and like online gaming and, and stuff. E-gaming, yeah. And I don't do either of those things, so I don't understand anything that that man says. But mm. I try really hard. He doesn't understand anything that we say either. Can confirm, have talked to him on the phone. Yeah. He just he just puts memes or random things on the screen, yeah. and, and and hopefully they line up with what actually is being said they usually do we've got one more piece of business okay last week's giveaway for the booster pack game all right you yeah can, ooh, ooh, ooh. the cards were oh get this phyrexian altar that's mine or butt forged battle axe that's it you yeah. could guess either of those on last week's pre-show and if you did you get entered in to win the booster pack game you could win one of our stinky booster packs of mm-hmm. which i'm picking up more in winnipeg when we're there neat or a CCO sticker pack. Cool. Or a CCO token pack. Oh. The most popular uh, prize right now. Neat. Yeah, everybody's been wanting those lately. Tokens with us on them. Yeah. Uh, cool little things. If you oh. if you go to like, bu- if you buy cards from Fuji G, uh-huh. and uh, and you use the promo code, you get tokens that way too. Yeah. Fuji Gaming. If you use our promo code, you get our faces on advertisements, which uh, is cool. That's pretty cool, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, oh. Did you get FujiGamey.com too? I think they should jump on that. They should buy that URL just in case somebody yeah. wants to like skunk them, hey? That's right. Yeah. We do have uh, CommanderCookout.com and CCOPodcast.com. Damn right we do. And and because CCO Podcast says podcast in the name, mm-hmm. and you can go to like GoDaddy or whatever and see what it's worth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's worth like three grand for that. <laughs> yeah, I could turn around and sell that and not buy anything because everything's fucking more expensive than that. <laughs> we can get a tank of gas. <laughs> yeah, a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Um, anyways. Anyhow. We're talking about our decks today. Yeah, we're talking about the idea behind today's show was the and, and participate down in the comments when mm. you hear what we're getting into. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Like, how do you pick a commander to build? What makes you want to keep it? What makes you think it's staying fresh when you want to build something that you want to have, like your your CDH deck that you want to be like the most tuned? How do you pick which one that's going to be? Yep. Thought was an interesting thought process All that, that we thought stuff. maybe you guys would be interested in, and we are interested in hearing from you as well yeah so we're we're trying to do we're trying to do this thing where we where we focus on like some magic topics that aren't just deck techs Mm -hmm. and whether it's the comments below or on twitter cco podcast cco brando or in any of the channels that we that we build content on on the discord for the patrons that's the best place to to get at us if you're a patron let us know, first of all, if you want just deck techs or if you want a mix or no deck techs, which I don't think is the case because people say they come here for the deck techs. Brando and I were trying to think of this this topic and how to structure it. And yeah. and you were you finally were like, okay, let's talk about our decks. Why did we build them? Yep. Why do we keep them together? Yep. What 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 do they give us? Yeah. What experience or or 
pleasure or pinch them together and put your wiener in between them, whatever it is that makes you keep a deck together. Mm-hmm. And and then oh and and tune it, make it better. Yeah. Or take it apart. Yep. Hey, yeah, take mm-hmm. it apart. Do the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz so, some of them is not and it isn't even well I don't play it anymore so I took it apart cuz I have a couple of decks that I just I haven't played them in really long time but I keep them for reasons that we'll talk about later. Oh, there's a teaser. There it is. The show. That's fun. Okay, so I think I wanted to start with what's what's the inspiration and what's the trigger to build a deck. And those sound the same, but they're different and I'll I'll explain. Mm-hmm. The inspiration is what game mechanic, what commander that was released, what strategy do you want to play? That's the inspiration. Yeah. Right? I want to make a uh your newest deck is Faldhorn, the scary wolf lady, right? Yeah. I want to cast cards from exile or I want to make wolf tribal. That's the inspiration. Yeah. What's the what's the trigger or the checkpoint once met that pushes you over the edge? Because yeah, there's lots of stuff that's just like I want to do this tribal or I want to Yeah. Like I built Faldhorn be or Fal Faldorn, Faldorn scary wolf lady because it's different. It's something that's new, it's something I've never done before. And once I actually sat down and different for you, yeah, different for for you. Okay, and I mean different for the colors I like to play as well. If you look at my Architect page, I'm assuming there'll be a link down below if you wanted to take a look at my roster. I play a lot of red. Hold on, I'm gonna stop you there. We're not gonna link every deck we talk about. We'll put we'll link Brando's Architect page and my Architect page, and then you can just click on either one and you can see all of our most of my decks and I think all of yours. Yes, all of mine are on here at this point. But I just I wanted to do something different in the color identity that I play the most and I have the most enjoyment out of. Yep. And it gives me, in a way, a bunch of different versions of the same deck that I get to play. And it lets me explore something different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it does kind of the Grohl thing where I make a bunch of dudes and attack with them, but I make my dudes in a different way. And that's fun. I think think for the most part, like, when you play Commander, you expect... (laughs) <laughs> and I should say, you expect to play... No, you should never expect to sit down and play Magic. No. I'm just going to throw that out there, no. just in case. But um, you expect to sit down and play big creatures, mm-hmm. stomp. Uh, that That's the experience that you kind of gravitate towards? The experience that I gravitate... If you want to look at it on the many, and I was thinking about this really hard. Like, like what the are, bird's eye view what of are, your deck. I have 24 commander decks. What do they all have in common? What... What is the one thing that all of the commanders on the screen have in common? And the answer is, with very few exceptions, they all do something either that kind of blows the game up or something that is insane. That either doesn't make sense or it's insane. Like, Toxrail is insane. (laughs) Like, that card is bonkers cuckoo bananas nuts yeah so is coma so is atraxa right like they do nutty kooky shit or they want you to roll dice or they want you to play cards from exile or they want they they make you end your own turn they can never attack or block right there's so many just they have storm like there's so many you mean like crazy shit each each deck you build is a theme deck there's a theme for each deck that you build. Yeah. And and that sounds simple, and it sounds like I'm trivializing that, but some decks don't have no. themes. No, some of them don't have, like, they want to, you want to just... Right, and... I want an, 
I want an Azorius deck. So you pick Grand Arbiter Augustin the fourth, and you build an Azorius deck, and, and then you go play it. Right. And I think for the most part, people would uh, classify that exact example as a control deck. Sure. And control isn't necessarily a theme; it's a strategy, yeah. right? If I wanted a Grand Arbiter Augustine the fourth deck that had an advisor tribal theme. Ah. There is a theme. Tribal is a theme. Mm-hmm. Stacks is, let's call that a sub-strategy, but I would call it a sub-strategy so much that it's a theme. Mm-hmm. And some not everybody's going to agree with that. They're they're going to say that it's, it is just a sub-strategy of control. It's the grindiest, slowest form of control. Mm. But if aggro, combo, and control are the, the three different strategies that you can play they are the trunks of the trees yeah and then stacks is a big branch and then the stacks tree. is a branch or pillow fort is a branch sweeper dot deck mass land destruction those are all branches of the control tree correct tribal in most cases is a branch of the edgar Ed, edgar of the aggro <laughs> tree well, same right? thing kind of right yeah yeah <laughs> so that's what we mean and, and i think all of your decks have a theme. None of them are just good stuff. No. The only one I think that was, I looked through, the only one I thought was like kind of just, I have an enchantments deck that just happens to be Azorius that I I picked the blue and white legend that I had in my Azorius section of my binder, mm-hmm. and then I put a bunch of enchantments into a deck, and then but, I played it. And but, even, but even but then... But isn't that a stacks deck? Like, who's no, the commander oh, of that? Oh, no. It's a... Uh, Lav- what the hell is her name? Lavinia of the you can't play free stuff? Lavinia Azoria's Renegade. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's it I mean, I guess it is themed. It's got in it does enchantments that make dudes. And that's where all my dudes come from. So all my enchantments make dudes, and then I use my dudes to try and win games. And that's a purposely bad deck that I could take to play low powered stuff. Now I don't have to play that anymore because I have Faldorn, who is also kind of a purposely bad deck. So I'm looking at your deck page. I'm looking at my deck page, and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to see if any of my decks or your decks don't have a theme. And I think, I think 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 that my Animar deck and my Zata deck don't have themes because I don't care what they're trying to do because those are my two decks that are just trying to win. Yeah, I don't give a shit about what you're doing. All I care about is. You not stopping me from winning <laughs> and me winning, right? Which leads us into another another thing. How did you pick those two? Because we both built a Zata. It was one of the first episodes we did here on CCO. Oh, yeah. And they weren't competitive at the time. And in the years since then, my Zata deck has come apart and been amalgamated into at least two other decks. Oh, man. Whereas yours. Look at, look at the sun is half and half on yeah. me. God dang it. You'd know if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, and you, it's all on me. I can't see anything. And it's not because I'm blind. It's because the sun's in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, yours has become very competitive. And then you've also got your Animar deck, which I think you always built to be pre- yeah. stout and very powerful. Yeah. And then I, because those were decks that were popping up at the LG, not the LGS, but at our table around the, the kitchen back in the, the old days. Yeah. I also picked a CDH deck that happens to be uh, Rurik Thar MLD. MLD to con- to combat what 
I think was probably everybody either trying to combo you too fast or mm-hmm. trying to stack you too hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's let's, right. Let's talk about the top end of our decks in a second. Okay. I, I want to talk a little bit more about, I guess, what we want to get out of the game. And, and as content creators, it's a little bit weird because we like to have a, a wide variety of decks to play with anybody. And, and we like our decks to be interesting and unique and showcases of in our of our personalities. Yeah. Whether that be playing at the LGS or at an event or on camera. Basically, the whole episode that we did last week. Yeah. Because of those reasons, yeah. <laughs> we have a wide variety of decks. And, and I think kind of, for me, they're... The wide variety of decks I have and the strange strategies that they employ are a way for me to express my hmm, deck building creativity, my deck building prowess. Sure. My prowess as a magic player. And and you've played for just as long as I have. Yeah. So you know how the game works and you know, like we talked about last week, the culture about the game. Mm-hmm. You know what's socially acceptable with a group of strangers that say they want to play casual magic. Yep. You know what to bring and what not to bring. I do. And when you bring the thing you're supposed to bring, you want it to be interesting. Yeah. Not just good stuff or generic deck from edhrec.com. Correct. Not that that's a bad thing. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, but for us. Yeah. So I wanted to cover that. So people kind of have a baseline of, of where we're coming from. Right. If if they're a little bit newer to the channel, thanks to all the new subs for being here. And if it's your first time with us, we're sorry, but we're also glad that you're here. Yeah, very much so. Now, that's where we're coming from. Yeah. What makes you, what pushes you over the edge? What what triggers you? What what flicks the switch for you to to say, yes, I'm going to build that? What, the, what is the thing? The Hirobi effect. Ooh, what does that mean? When we talked way back in the day about Hirobi. Yep. Hirobi is a card that changes the game that we're playing from magic to something else. So Hirobi Death's Whale is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the, the Hirobi effect is one of the, the CCO-isms we say. Yep. Hirobi Death's Whale says whenever a creature becomes the target of a spell or, or an ability, destroy that creature. Yep. Changes how the whole game is played. Yeah. And I like to look for ways of doing that in... Most of my decks, either it's going to change how the whole game gets played with something like a Toxrill or a Corona, or... The game is warping around the most powerful card on the on the battlefield in that scenario. Yeah. Or it's something that changes how I'm going to play the game, like a Faldor or a... I can never... Vrondis, yep. right? It changes what I'm going to do. Or it, it changes the, the part of the game that I'm focusing on, like an Omnath or a Norin. Right, it yep. changes how I'm. It changes the game that I'm playing. So I'm not just playing Magic. I'm doing something a little bit different, and I really enjoy that. And that's kind of when I see a new card, I think to myself, "Okay, well, is that just going to be another Boros attacky attacky deck?" Mm. Or and we an- call those out when we see them. Yeah, an- another is it spell slinger deck. Like, and if you like those things, that's fine. But they're not for me because I'd rather try and. Go down a different branch of the tree, yeah. or or like in Terelf or Torbrand's case, you like to, instead of just make, I'll call it a linear burn deck, where you try to do like three, and then four, and then five, and then six damage per turn as you get more mana each turn, mm-hmm. you like to do three, and then six, and then nine, and then 12, and then 24 damage each yeah. turn. You like to go tall with burn, and that's 
maybe going back to what you said a few minutes ago about breaking the game open. Yeah, you want to break. You want to change how the game is played. My tour brand deck, in, in particular, is my. I call it my burn deck, mm -hmm. and it's really when you look at it, it's a Punisher deck that's built around doing one damage with everything. And then Torbrand turns it into three, so it's a bunch of symmetrical three, and effects. Then, and then and then doublers and triplers turn it into six or nine or what have you. Yeah, so you tap yeah. a land and you lightning bolt yourself, right? Like, it goes real fast. Torbrand's a cool deck. And it warps the way people are going to change. It punishes people for doing too much value stuff. And when people aren't doing greedy value stuff, it's kind of like, why are you even playing that deck, Brando? This isn't even very good. <laughs> but if you're doing the greedy, I'm going to play ten lands a turn, I'm going to draw 45 cards, ah! You, it's going to take you from 40 to 21 in one turn and then kill you on the second turn. I, I got it. I got it. It's greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Right? And it, I think, it punishes people, as do many of your decks, punish people for doing the EDH thing. Yeah. Which is drawing lots, ramping lots. Mm -hmm. And or getting value repeatedly based on... Your strategy or having three opponents as opposed to one. And doing stuff like that allows me to build my decks not so much around the interaction portion mm -hmm. so much as I just know what everybody's trying to do and I build things assuming that I'm going to try and stop them from doing that. And that comes with, with mm -hmm. experience with the game, experience yeah. with the format. And if this is if that is something that you're still learning as a newer player, I would encourage you to... Just pay attention. Pay attention to what most of the people that you're trying to play with do. Yeah. If that's ramp into lots of mana, I'm not saying play mass land destruction, but find cards that take advantage of of your opponent's ramping. If you find people are playing a lot of spell slinger stuff, don't shy away from stuff like Damping Sphere. Just learn your meta and play into it. And when you go out in the wide world with those decks, they're still going to be good because all the stuff that your friends do at home, yeah. people are going to do with the LGS. They're going to do it at Magic Fest, just like we talked about last week. I would I would say you don't need to go straight to Damping Sphere. No. You don't, you don't need to do that. And I wouldn't recommend as a new player or as somebody in an underdeveloped or an undeveloped meta that you do that. Well, Damping but, Sphere isn't Winter Orb. No, no, but it, but it's still it's still a recognized stacks piece. I'll give yeah. I'll give a little bit of a different example. Um, instead of spending all of the money on what cryptic command costs, mm -hmm. if your opponents are playing lots of spells to ramp, maybe maybe counter target non creature spell negate negate right five cent card versus whatever a cryptic command costs. You're not breaking the bank. You're not you know doing the cryptic command thing, which is something that lots of people don't like. Mm. And and I know now, after all these years of playing so much magic, when I get negated in EDH, oh, man. when I get dazed in EDH. When you get mana leaked in whoa, EDH. When you get mana tithed or oh. force spiked in EDH, that is... Tilts you right, right out of the universe. I love it. I think it's awesome when people include that kind of stuff because they've like next leveled their deck building... Uh, journey is how it feels to us but like really they're probably playing mana tithe because they have that guy that plays x spell dot deck that just taps oh. out every turn and they know they can get them right like and that's fantastic that's yeah. you playing the meta hell and, yeah and that's you also not playing cryptic command or winter orb damping sphere dot deck yeah. which is fantastic in both regards okay we heard we heard about your 
your newest deck. That's that's uh, what's her name? Faldorn. Faldhorn, crazy wolf lady. Scary wolf lady. Sca- never remember her name other than Faldorn. My newest one is um, Jetmir. Sapperlings. Look, see, very recent. Very recent. I actually have a newer one, but it's not even together yet, so I'm not even going to talk about it. It doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you've heard where we're coming from. Yep. Played, played Magic for a long time. You've heard that we like that kind of experience when yeah. somebody gets force spike. That's yeah. the best. Also, note of note, this is important because I know I've, I know lots of people that try and build a new deck every set. Jeez. And, and I am way off that train. Dude. Way off of it. Like, there's a... The, that that bar that we talked about with like the theme and breaks the game and does something way different like it's it's a high bar like Faldorn did a like he did what's that thing where you jump over the the high jump bar and you kind of like do a little scissor thing and you land on the mat on your feet yeah way too high for anybody to do that oh yeah like, way too high for scissor jump you got a Fosberry flop that's right nah, like, there it, it is it's a high bar that they got to jump now so like the fact that I've got one from like the newest set and Ryan's got one from also the newest set because they all come out on the same day now yeah like. <laughs> That speaks volumes. <laughs> Let's switch gears. Okay. I want to know what makes you keep a deck together. Oh. What brings you back to the well over and over oh. and over again? I know what brings me back to the well. Okay. But what Ooh. brings you back to the well? And if you don't exactly have an answer prepared, because that wasn't one of the things you asked me that we were going to prepare, yep. I'll ask you, what's your longest time deck what's the deck that you have had put together uh, either consistently together forever or you had it a long time ago took it apart but have it again now sliver queen sliver queen mm-hmm. and it this used the, it used to be slivers sliver overlord and then it was sliver queen once i decided i was just gonna go full go f- just go for it I, yeah i decided you know what i'm gonna do it i get hated out anyway i'm just gonna go for it yeah and so it's sliver queen I, it was the second deck i ever built Ooh! So, what yep. was the first? Uh, Hirobi? Uh, Ur-Dragon. Ur-Dragon. Scion of the Ur-Dragon. Scion of the Ur-Dragon. There you go. Yeah. Scion of the Ur-Dragon. Yeah, yeah. I had a, and it was, I think I had that for one week, and then I took that home, and I took it apart, and I built Slivers. Yeah. So I played one game, went home, built Slivers. Now I still have it. Love it. And well, I keep it together. Well, I have two reasons I keep decks together. There you go. Okay, so what brings you back to the well? What brings you to keep a deck together? I have a... Kind of a sentimental attachment to some of them, like Sliver you Queen. You sentimental? I know. Sorry, right? I'm interrupting. Sorry. Sliver Queen, I'll keep because, like, I really, really like it, and so yep. I'll keep that together for a long time. Or maybe like Muxo Man Goblin Savage. Not only is it really strong, but I really like that deck. I like having a Goblin deck that isn't Cranko, so I keep it because it feels good. I like Brutaclad because he's like. I'm, he's not synonymous with Brando, but it's it's a fun deck mm-hmm. that I just really, really like. And even though I don't play him as much anymore, he's still cool to like crack out of the box sometime and make 107 dwarves and get in there for big damage, right? Yeah. Or, you, know I, you know what's... Okay, finish your yeah. thought, then I was going to say something. Or I have decks that are constantly evolving to do the thing that I want it to do more and more or better like uh av is one deck that kind of changes lots and shifts yep. around lots omnath gets tweaked here and there noran gets new cards virtually every set as i see something else kooky that i want to try so i I'm, it's always changing it's always a different deck and i get a different play experience virtually every time i play it and it's not necessarily consistent in how often it wins or how well it does but it's always consistent in that i'm having fun and that's what i care about man you got there you got there. 
you got to the same place that I was going to get to. And we mentioned it on the show frequent enough for people to know that we, Brando and I, get along very good and, and play nice together. But we don't take the same path to get to places. No, Not we at don't. all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I heard two things. Okay. These are the two things that I recognized that are the same as me. Okay. I have a deck. I have a deck. And it does exactly what I want it to do. Oh, yeah. And it does it consistently enough that if I play the deck, I know I'm going to get this experience. Mm-hmm. And with Muxus for you, mm-hmm. it's I'm going to do the goblin tribal thing. Yep. And or the goblin combo thing. Right. I'm going to count that as one thing because it's goblins. Yes. It's the same thing most of the time. Yeah. It's beat face with little green men. They're going to step on your toes and they're going to bite your butt cheeks. They're they're yep. they're going to throw yep. rocks at you. Yep. That's what they're going to do. That's how they live their lives. That's the first thing. And we love them for it. The second thing that I heard that's the same as me is you have a deck that's constantly evolving and or constantly giving you new experiences mm-hmm. uh-huh mm-hmm. and that's your norin that's av for me that's like alenda the dusk rose yeah it's it's resilient so it plays long games and because it plays long games i get into scenarios that i've never experienced before the very last game that we played when we were in calgary with it yep i did something with that deck and and i've had that deck since, almost since Ixalan came out in wow. 2014, wow. 2017. I don't know when Ixalan came out. A long time ago. Yeah, mm. the Dinosaur Ages of Commander. Yep. It's funny because dinosaurs were in that set. Yeah. Didn't mean to do that. But I did a thing that I've never even thought, and I was like, I've got Inventors' Fair on, on the table with a bunch of artifacts, yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this. I'm going to tutor for Ashnod's Altar before anybody gets too crazy. Everybody did their thing already, so before anybody gets too crazy, I'm going to sack Alenda. I'm going to make, you know, 30 mana off of all the things that she does, and I'm going to play this Debt to the Deathless, and I'm going to win. Yeah. Right? Didn't have the opportunity to do that. Instead, played me a, a, a Phyrexian Plague Lord. Yep. And had an Aristocrat out. Yep. And I just used the Phyrexian Plague Lord to sacrifice Alenda mm-hmm. and then sacrifice all her tokens, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, Late game, you know, 12, 16 life, made 30 guys, sacrificed them one at a time, killed everybody. Yep. I did the aristocrat thing, and it's it's very specifically not an aristocrat deck because we have a couple of those in our meta, Yep. and I know that you don't like playing against Fucking them. aristocrats. So I've got one aristocrat in the deck, Oh, and, and it's a vampire. Balls. I don't even think I play a blood artist in that deck. No blood artist? No. Isn't, isn't I, blood artist a vampire? Yes, I play. I, I've got the um, cruel celebrant. The uh, it's the black oh, yeah. white one. It's also the black white one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. With the cool like frilly clown collar. I think so. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the point is 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 I've had that deck for years. Like you've had Norin, yeah. and it's always given me new experiences. I just put a maw of the obsidat in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, sacrifice a card. creature. All your other creatures get plus one plus one till end of turn. Yeah, it's like a, that card. fucks, like jeepers, like creepers. What's the, there's a sapling card in it. Uh, Nomadic Grove Guardian. Nomadic Grove Guardian. Yeah, Except for everybody. Yeah, man, that's what you need, right? Yeah, that is. <laughs> so they do a certain thing. Yep. Or they do different all, things every time. All sorts of different shit. Yeah. Yeah. Your your longest deck is Sliver Queen. Where does Norn fall in? 
Is Shortly he... after that, Norrin and Hirobi were like the next decks I kind of built. Once I realized, like, oh, this is fun. I need lots of these. I need right? lots of commanders. Right? Like I had I had my Sliver Queen deck, and I was like, I need lots of these. Like, Little... <laughs> yeah. and hey, I... Commander's great. You only need one of any card. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. We just well... talked about it on the pre-show needing fucking how many soul rings? You need 200 soul rings. But... <laughs> It's like so so Hirobi and Norn while Hirobi I had to take apart and I I'm still bitter about that because the game just everybody else can abuse Hirobi as good as I can so yeah. the deck just doesn't quite work anymore. Yeah, it just it, it turns into not magic. And when I mean not magic, which I'm totally fine with, but I want to be the one that's in the driver's seat when I'm doing that it shit. It makes it so not magic that not only are we not playing magic anymore, we're just playing card that Targets your card, yeah. and it turns into a not magic game. Yeah, and, nobody and likes it, that. And it's just like it's not even fun to play with because yeah. it's not magic. Yeah. And Norrin's <laughs> been so much stuff. He's been Goblin Tribal. He's yep. been Coin Flip Tribal. He's been like really stout red stacks. He's been a kooky Planeswalker combo deck. He's been a secret Neheb the Eternal or whatever the hell his name is, Ooh, the red one yeah. deck. He's been so much stuff, so much fun, man. And because he's like a the Norn deck itself is very compact and small, yep. and you can just kind of plug it into different red decks that I want to build. That's actually and cool, fun. yeah. And yeah. Lot, lots of people do that. We were just playing. Um, we were just playing with um, uh, Tasha and Dan. Yep. In Calgary, Max Sush, Maximum Sush on Discord, and we. Uh, he had the craziest deck. He had the Shadowborn Apostles oh, deck. Oh yeah, that was so cool. And everybody knows. Like, you can play any number, and you sacrifice six of them, and they find demons. Mm -hmm. Fantastic game for me. That was the Alenda game, because he'd just sacrifice six guys, and Alenda would turn into a 7-7. Seven, seven. I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is cool. I'm, I'm cool with this. This is good. Um, but he did a thing where he's got the deck shell, and then he says, pick, uh, it was six demons, right? Yeah, he like fans them out. And and he had like a, he had a suite of 20 of them, but he holds them face down, and you pick... I pick two, you pick two, Aiden pick two. Oh no, uh, Tasha picked Tasha two, picked I two. picked two, and Aiden picked two. The people that were his opponents, and he just said, "Okay, that's what they are. Some of them are good, some of them are bad." Yep. And the one that he said was the worst was ended up doing the most work. Oh yeah, that card did. The demon dog did work oh, in that. Yeah. Game. What Holy the heck is hell. that? De I don't demon remember. dog. Demon it a, hound. It's a dog. It's a demon. Mono black is fine. Yeah. And and what did it do? Whenever a creature left his graveyard. It, it gets uh, it deals one damage to everybody. It yeah. does like half of what um, Sir Conrad Sir does. Conrad does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that card's good, man. I painted that card on on our Facebook page and and shit because that's a good card in Commander. Every Thursday on our Facebook page. And, and and you guys were like, no, that card sucks. And I'm like, you guys wait. That card sold for like twelve dollars on our Facebook page, <laughs> and it's gonna screw you guys all up. And that was the only reason I was able to win in a new way in Alenda yeah. because everybody was at like. 12 or 8 or whatever, right? Yeah, so super cool. Um, uh, okay, I lost my train of thought. I was, I, I was, no, I was, I was reminiscing. Man. I'm the one that's supposed to go on tangents and I was throw reminiscing all the way off. Damn it. I was reminiscing. Come on now. Okay, longest running decks. Longest running decks. I, I, um, I had a note because mm -hmm. we just did a, uh, by the time this show comes out, our most recent top five and five will have come out. Mm -hmm. So if you if you go back and watch the top five and five again, because you should have watched it already, mm -hmm. it's um, 
I don't even know what it's called yet because it's not posted at this time, but it's uh, <laughs> it's like top five casual mistakes or, or oh, um, yeah. the casual missteps or, or something. Let's see if I have it here. Uh, casual traps yep. is, is what I labeled it when we did the recording. Yeah. And, and one of those things is tuning your deck too much. Yep. So I think Norin's a perfect example. We keep going back to Norin. Uh, because it's easy when you have a deck for 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Every time something new comes out, you put the newest, little bit better thing yeah, in the it. The newest, shiniest thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and over time, you're playing all the most efficient removal, all the most efficient everything, all the best things to do, and then your deck is too good. Yeah. I think it's a very good practice to pay attention to when the deck is good enough. Yeah, I think that my Omnath deck actually fell into that pretty hard. Like I think it we, did. We've talked about that where it's like, it's got the, the apple-shaped power curve where it starts off doing nothing and then it just blows up and kills everybody. And it's because there's new, cool, efficient, sweet-ass shit mm -hmm. that just ramps you. And that's all that deck does, right? Yeah. And the ramp spells have gotten so good and so efficient. And you can play like 22 or lands so a so easy to get. If you couldn't get a three wishes before or yeah. if you couldn't get, you know, it, whatever, whatever. It's it, They're everywhere now. So yeah. it's just all the the most kick-ass stuff. And it just made the deck like, oh, man, like this is not a – it's not a CDH deck. But, boy, is it hard to sell at a casual table sometimes. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't do – it's not that Omnath deck or it's it doesn't kill you too fast or whatever. And but then, you, it, and then you get the hand where it's like turn one ramp, turn two ramp, turn three ramp, turn four ramp, turn five, everybody take 40. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah, turn, wait, what? <laughs> turn three Omnath with ramp, turn five, take 100. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, that's a hard sell. Yeah. Omnath kind of, in, as far as casual decks go, did a little bit fall into that. Yeah. Um, uh, and and here's the thing. My Lord of Tressorhorn deck ah. fell into that trap as well. But mm -hmm. the difference is Omnath started here. Yeah. Lord of Tressorhorn started like fucking mm -hmm. off screen down here. Yeah. Right? So when, like when costly plunder came out and then when village rights came out and like you get more and more and more efficient card draw and and you don't have to sacrifice a creature you can sacrifice an artifact so i put in like the artifact lands yeah at no downside because land destruction is taboo so yeah. i can sacrifice an artifact land to costly plunder or whatever instead of a creature to draw two cards and Instant speed now instead of sorcery speed, and yeah. it and it became the best and most efficient version of when it dies tribal. Yeah. And sure, it's still when it dies Lord of Tressorhorn tribal, but that doesn't mean it's a bad deck. It does super powerful things, and now it does those powerful things really efficiently. On par with what is normal LGS or Command Fest meta power level. Yeah. Hey, you want to play casual? I play jank. When it dies tribal, it's super fun. Lots of efficient card draw. Really good <laughs> removal. Like every removal spell in the deck kills two creatures. Or I don't play it. <laughs> right, I get I, I get two for one, and that's it. Yeah, right. So because you can do that shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think it's funny that deck's been together for years, and it's almost all foil now. And just like your Omnath deck, yep. years almost all foil, yeah. most efficient versions of everything, but they're just distinctly different because I yeah. started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> yeah, now we're now we're way at the tippy top of where they can be. Yeah, so. Look at the top five and five for the casual traps and and don't be scared to 
cut your cut your deck off, I guess, right? Like <laughs> cut your deck off to spite your face. Yeah, That's no, I was works. gonna say, dude, it's like one in the morning. I don't know if you need any more fucking upgrades, deck. I don't think you I don't think you need another one, man. Let me call you a cab back to the deck box there, deck. <laughs> you gotta go back onto the shelf. And and don't be scared to cut your deck off. Cut your friend yeah. off, right? Like you know what I mean? It's, it's true. Like some I I've spent months trying to tune my Tana deck back. Tune it, tune it back, yeah, like, like less power back. Once I tu- once I gave Tana a partner and, and gave her Jessica, deck's too strong now. And I realized I could just cut Jessica and it would make the deck significantly worse. But but I don't wanna. I don't know. That's I, the hard part. Everybody yeah. likes to play casual stuff. Tana Jessica is probably a CEDH deck. It's unbelievably <laughs> strong. I know. I know. Oh. Can you imagine if it was Tana and Timna? Tana and Thrasios? Never mind, Jessica. You make way less saprlings with those guys. Oh, yeah, but. You make way more if you saprlings. Got, if you got Jessica. blue. <laughs> if you got blue, right? If I make if I play blue, I make way less saprlings. Make way more saplings with red and green. You're not wrong, but you're missing. You're missing what I'm saying. You're missing what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'm not making. It, I'm not trying to make a CDH deck. I'm trying to make a casual deck. That's my point. Yeah. That's my yeah. point too. It, you're saying to, the same thing. Tana used to be my. I'll just. I can play this with anybody. Yeah. Because it plays really good with any deck. And now it's like, fuck. Frick. There's like ten cards in it that just. Okay. Damn it! I win now. So I cut them all. Yeah. And all the like shittier versions of it. And it's like, I still just kind of win now when I yeah. Play them, so right? so and what do you what do you do? You cut back and you put shittier versions or make it so it's a turn slower on average over a hundred games. Let's say no, I built Avi instead. And and when you sit down with me or or whomever at at an event and say, hey, we like to play jank. Like here's some stickers, and you squash somebody with Tana, <laughs> yeah. or or. You sandbag your cards, and then you're not really having fun. And yeah. then, and then, if if you say post game, oh, still had all these, then you're the dick. Yeah, right. And and that's the thing that I I like to tell people when they ask me for deck advice. Don't make it any better. Is a lot of the times what I say because yeah. it's like, where do you play it? Why does it need to be better? Well, because it's the best deck in the format, and it always gets targeted, and it needs to be better. No, it needs to be worse, man. Yeah, if you're not you having gotta, fun with it you gotta, now, it's not it, going to get any better if you, you know make it better. What, you know what that is? It's like when somebody shows their whole ass on Twitter and then they double down. It's like, oh, my friends don't like my stacks deck. How do I make it better so it's more stacksy? No, you showed your whole ass with stacks. You showed your whole stacks. You should develop a new reputation. That isn't that if your friends don't like it. You know what yeah. I mean? So... I guess don't be scared to to cut your deck off. <laughs> I can't I can't get away from that. Oh man, um, I've done that a couple times where I double down and go all in with like with Animar. Yeah, and it's like I'm I'm gonna build this deck to play ball. Yeah, I'm like, doing that now. Yeah, and I remember saying that to Joel when we worked together. I'm like, this is gonna be my new deck. And it's gonna be good. Yeah. And then it got good enough that everybody was like, that deck's too good. We gotta kill that guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, kill me. I'll, I'll just go faster. Yeah, I'll just kill you instead. Yeah, and then and then it gets Force of Will, then it gets Fierce Guardianship. Now it gets like all the Eldrazi's are out in favor of like faster combo pieces, and mm. then it gets a Dockside, then it gets a Gaia's Cradle. <laughs> it's like, well, fuck, I can't, I can't make the right mana. Then it gets a Taiga and a Tropical Island, right? It's like <laughs> I've doubled down and I've done that before, and now uh, this is the other part of the top five where we talked about casual traps. Now I don't play that deck anymore. Yeah. The last time I played that deck was against um, uh, Jim LePage and you in Las Vegas. Yeah. In last November. 
Now it's July, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last time I played Animar. Probably won't play it again until we're with Jim LePage in Vegas next October. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, man, once a year. I got, I got a goldfish. I don't even know how it works. How did you pick those two? We're going to do I'm, – I'm making – I'm doing the lateral. We're at CDH top end. Why did you pick Animar? Uh, like, what, what attracted you? Like, I want this to be my most powerful deck. I love kooky magic combos, mm -hmm. and Animar afforded me the opportunity to do that. Before Dockside Extortionist existed, yeah, there were cards like um, Cloud of Fairies and Peregrine Drake. Everybody knows those. Palancron. Right. Everybody knows those. And cards like Pestermite and Deceiver Exarch, mm -hmm. which untap shit when they come into play. And cards like Quirion... Ooh... Ranger? Mm, I don't know. It's from Invasion. It enters the battlefield, and you add a mana of any color to your mana pool. Okay. And those with Animar pay for themselves or make you mana. Mm -hmm. And there's the there's the there's the engine. Right. Animar and Cloud of Fairies. And then I was like, okay, how do I bounce? Okay, Equilibrium will bounce, and Cloudstone Curio will bounce, so I can make mana, break even, or make mana on creatures and bounce other creatures to then make more mana or break even. So I have infinite bounce or infinite mana if I make mana or infinite card draw if I have like a glimpse of nature or if I can loop in like uh, uh, Elvish Visionary or something. There's draw your whole deck. Right. And I was like, this is the combo deck. Animar makes it happen. And also I can win with like an Ulamog or a Kozilek with haste. Yeah. Because at the time it was like Swiftfoot Boots and Lightning Greaves and, and Urbrask the Hidden and stuff. I can play all these and it doesn't matter what they cost because Animar. Yeah. And you can't remove them because he's got pro black and white. What the <laughs> fuck were they thinking? That was insane. <laughs> <laughs> he's insane. He's an insane creature. And now we got Derpy Animar. Um, I just I was just drawn to it because of the combo and, I, and it was early in EDH's career and I wanted like in EDH pre-con uh, – career it was the first pre-cons yeah 2011 it? yeah and i wanted to build something from the 2011 boxes neat and somebody else in our play group already had calia and somebody else already had whatever damia, and whatever i think we had a damia for a while we yeah yeah the ghost chieftain we had another one a the corridor yeah, yeah yeah and uh animar was the one that i kind of got pigeonholed into because everybody <laughs> else had something and it also was the one I wanted because it was like, hey, I'm going to combo. I'm going to show up to play ball. Nice. And it just, I doubled down on it and yeah. made it the best that I could. And then I painted all the cards and now it's my stack of 100 business cards that I never play. <laughs> 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 and I'm certainly not giving them out with my phone number printed on them because there's guys' cradles and dual mm. lands and shock lands and fetch lands and... Imperial recruiters, and I'm really wishing I would have got a Gilded Drake back when they were like 60 bucks. Yeah, fool. I was like, dang, I really want to paint this because it's really good when I can take your thing. Yeah. Now it's like 600. Too much. Okay, so here's the thing. One of my longest tenure decks is my Animar deck, and I'm not actually sure if. As of now, if it's my longest tenure deck or my second, Ooh. I'm not sure. Animar might be my longest one that's still together. Right. And Balthor the Defiled might be the other one. I yeah. don't remember which one I built first. 
Balthor's good too. I think Balthor is probably the one you built first. I remember that one. Like in in order, the first one I built was uh, Baron Master Wizard. Yeah, but yeah, like mono, I think... mono blue, Telerian <laughs> Academy, Infinite Bounce, Emrakul. Yeah, mm, yeah, he was that guy. Yeah, and then I built Iona. <laughs> oh yeah, see, you've come a long way. <laughs> you yeah. see, then I built Animor. <laughs> Balthor can kill you turn four too. Just FYI. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, it doesn't. Where I was going with that? No, it usually doesn't. Usually, it has to zombie tribal beat. Where I was going with that is my one of my longest tenure decks is my strongest deck. And we talked, we cautioned players to not fall into that trap because your longest tenure deck is the deck maybe you love the most, the yeah. the commander you love the most. Maybe you don't have the budget or resources to build a second copy of, like, for me, a second Animar deck, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so we would caution against that. But is your longest tenure deck... Oh, no, it's... it's it, Oh, I guess Sliver Queen's kind of competitive, kind of. It's, I think it would be if it wasn't. Like, Slivers just aren't as good as people think they are. But, they but it's the, not a Sliver deck, is it? Well, it, it it's a Sliver Queen deck, and it has Slivers in it, but it does all the it does all the Sliver Queen stuff that people hate Sliver Queen for. It does all that shit. Oh, like like make mana and then infinite combo yeah. with, with making mana and dudes at yeah. the same time? It, it's a deck full of two mana com- or two card combos where one of the cards is Sliver Queen. Ah, that's what yeah. the, that's what the deck is. Yeah, and but I th- like my most. I don't. I don't think mine actually have gotten that much stronger. Like Sliver Queen's kind of a boogeyman at this point. Like it's not yeah. actually that good, but like because it's a five mana thing, it's super easy to disrupt, and I could probably play it more yeah. casually. It's not as strong as my Omnath deck. Like Omnath is markedly stronger than my Sliver Queen deck. People assume that it's like strong because. I guess in casual crowds and historically slivers have been Very hard strong. to to play against in casual. So yeah. it's got that boogeyman factor. Yeah. But if like these days, if your deck can't interact, a- aka stop your opponents from winning, you're not a CEDH deck. No. Right? That's why Zada isn't a CEDH deck, because yeah. I can't stop people from winning. Therefore, it always loses. Yeah. Right? Precisely. That's why I play Zada in like tuned or higher power pods and not CEDH where I play Animar because it's got all the free counters in blue and protection in green. There you go. There you go. Right? So your longest tenure deck, strong. But not the strongest one. Tuned. Yeah. Um, Your... I guess your CEDH or the closest you've got is the the mass land destruction. I have Rurikthar stacks mass land destruction, which I, at the time I built it, it was quite stout, but I don't play enough CEDH to 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 get reps in with it. And when we talked about uh, Jesse Spears, guide our LGS plays yeah. CEDH all the time, almost exclusively, and our buddy uh, Bryn Man, yeah, also very CEDH, very seasoned Magic player, he took. I think four out of four games off of Spears with my Rurikthar deck. So Dang. it's still good, right? It can it can fuck with Thoracle decks. So that's good. But I mean it's it's fairly savage and com- it's totally unapologetic, which is why I built it. <laughs> right? Like I took the most taboo thing that I could find in EDH. And that's my, I wanted that to be my strongest Well, breaks the game, goes back to one of your principles or one of your your checkpoints, one of your trigger things to make you build a deck. Does this break the game? Does this do something outside of what is normal? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I I did that. And the same reason I built uh, Turgrid, because they're 
there's so much like vitriolic. You built Turgrid and you built Toxtrol because you want to be an edge lord. That's <laughs> let's let's just be honest. You just want to be edgy and and say that you're not edgy. Well, Toxtrol, I'm I, calling you out on I that. I thought that Toxtrol was fun, and I still think that Toxtrol is fun. Um, but I knew how busted he was when I built him. That's yeah. why I built him the way that I did. And he cost seven. Yeah, and Turgrid I built 100% because it does the Turgrid shit, and so many people on Twitter were lit up about her. Oh, I'm leaving the game. If anybody <laughs> plays Turgrid, I'll quit Magic forever. It's like, really? Okay. okay. Let's, you, know how many pe- you know how many people have retired from Magic after playing my Turgrid deck? Zero. Have you ever so, had people leave a game? Never once. Not once? Not a one So, okay, time. this is a learning opportunity potential. What do you say before the game? What do you, what's the what's the Brando pregame slash rule zero? Give it to me right now. I'm I'm playing Brian Stoutarm Fling dot deck. You know the deck, okay. and and I tell you that, and you know it. And you're like, oh yeah, my buddy fucking plays Brian Stoutarm. Um, you're playing Turgrid. Turgrid comes out. I say this is Turgrid. It does everything that you think this deck is going to do. <laughs> do you say it with that yeah. tone of voice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It does all of that shit, and I have. Nothing to protect myself with unless I steal it from you. Yeah, and that's it. And the table is like, okay. Huh? And if they say, well, I don't, I still don't want to do it. It's like, okay, fine. Like, I won't play it if people have a real problem with it. That's somebody. That's, that's somebody trying to gain an edge on you, or that's somebody who also, like you, doesn't have any removal built into the deck. Yep. Those and are just, the two scenarios. I got a couple of sweepers built in there, just like because I mean, you got to have those. Yeah. But I mean, it shields down Turgrid. I'm going to Turgrid as hard as I possibly can. Yes, I will 100% fucking pox you. <laughs> Definitely will pox you. But I mean, I let him know and that's that's the way it is. Yeah. And I think that I'm interesting enough a human being to kind of get away with that shit, which I, I enjoy. Do you think you get away with it because because like I don't know, do you, do you, do do people come up to you and say, "Hey, you're Brando from Commander Cookout. Like, do you want to play a game?" And you play that, and they're like, "Oh, Brando's playing that. I guess that's what Brando plays." Like, do you think uh, you, that's why you get away with it? I haven't done that with Turgrid, but I have done it with Stax Traxa. Oh yeah, I have an Atraxa Creator Tribal Stax deck that is not the most brutal Stax deck you're ever going to play yeah. against. But like, it's I yeah, don't yeah I, the the, I, the Praetors are. Yep. They have a stacks backbone. Yeah. They have a stacks bone. I show up. To, <laughs> Don't Google that. I show up to shit on your face. Don't Google that either. But like, okay, hold on. Let's move back to Turgrid because I'm I'm legitimately still interested in this. This Ooh. was our our top five like most important card of 2021 yeah. was Turgrid because it encourages conversations. Yeah. Like we are having. Yep. Okay. There's the Turgrid talk. Yep. Shields it, down. As long as you play removal, you'll be fine. Yep. Two lines. That's yeah. it. This is Turgrid. Yes, it's that Turgrid. I don't have any way of protecting myself unless I steal it from you guys. Let's play. And what? There we go. What power level range do you play it in? Do you play it in like mouth breathers? Do you play it in like normal seasoned but casual? Do you play it in high power? Do you play it in CEDH? Here's what's sick about Turgrid when you have shields down Turgrid. Uh-huh. It scales very well because I only take, I basically win by taking your stuff. Yep. So if your deck is weak, so is mine. 
The only difference Do, is I'm playing all three of your decks. Okay, that that's a bad example. That's a bad answer for where I was trying to go with this. Okay. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, I believe Turnford, you. I can play anywhere. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Well, and it gets worse the power as the power level goes up. There we go. Because people have more interaction to deal with my Turgrid, and yeah. if I don't have Turgrid, I don't really have much of a deck. Now I'm just griefing people by making them discard cards. It gets worse as you go up in power level is true of every deck that isn't a CEDH yeah. deck. <laughs> so when you play it down in a really low power pod, does it get that much better? Because usually low powered pods have less interaction for your stuff. I wouldn't say that. I think that in most cases it, it flourishes in like your kind of mid thing. Like if it's too low, like if it's just a bunch of pre-cons, it'll clean up. That's true. Like it'll it'll clean house against a bunch of really low power decks, but in that kind of mid range thing, when it's three against one, which usually is what it turns yeah. into, yeah, it can hold its own. Like it's it's stout enough that it can, it seems more powerful than it is because it does a really really powerful yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but so you got to kind of you got to kind of punch down with it a little bit because you got to know that you're going to be playing against three other decks. So usually I'll play it in a pot where it's like I think that Turgrid is maybe more powerful than these three decks, but I know for sure that I have to beat all three of these people and they're all gunning for me. Yes. And so in those situations, it it tends to kind of balance everything out, which is how I... I that's, imagine... That's the calculus that I play with it. You know what? I imagine that in higher-powered pods, it, it, it fares as well as anything that doesn't have any interaction in yeah. it. And in... Against four precons, I'm sure it also wouldn't fare as well as you say because mm. precons actually come with <laughs> removal now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't used to. Yeah. Um, regardless of where you play it, and it sounds like a variety of I play wherever I want. A variety of power levels and opponents. Does it win lots? I don't want to say fifty fifty, but like it, it does the thing. More often than not, and does that lead to a win? Because doing the thing and and winning are different things. I'll, as long as I don't get hosed, yeah, like by my own deck, usually I'll either win or come close. And I'm not saying it has an eighty percent win rate. Yeah, yeah, not very many things have an eighty percent win rate. It's not <laughs> very often that I'm just losing, even yeah. against three other decks. It's very stout. It's very good. And it's a it's a solid deck. Yeah. And so I I do okay. And do people And I've never had any like I said, I've never had anybody like, This is that's where I'm going. Nobody's What's, ever rage quit. Nobody's ever said, You're a scumbag, you didn't tell us what was going yeah. on. You're do, you know, I've never ever had that. Because again, I just say, Hey, this is what it does. But everything that you're afraid of happening is gonna happen in this game. Yeah. Everything. Every fucking thing. And then I do it. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, if you're honest, yeah, you can get away with all honest. kinds of stuff. <laughs> if you're honest. If you just tell them. If you tell them. Mm-hmm. If you're not trying to hide any information or be shady or or, yeah. or be worried that your opponents are trying to angle shoot you. Yeah. You can kind of get away with anything. Yeah. As long as your expectation is. I'm gonna be the guy. Yeah, I'm gonna pay for this. I'm I'm gonna be the one that's gonna be sitting here eating snacks while these guys finish the game. Probably. So the, there's two parts to that. There's two parts. You want to play? Okay, okay. We we talked about our our friends Jesse and Bryn yep. that like to play CEDH and and let's say Jesse comes and uh, I only got my CEDH Urza deck. Can I play it with you guys? Sure. 
it it's that Urza deck, like it's CEDH, Urza yeah. stacks, whatever. Okay, yeah, we'll just try to kill you. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. So there's one. He's honest. Yeah. And we know. Yeah. He, he's in our meta. We know. Yeah, we know him. He, he doesn't even need to be honest because we already know. Yeah, we already <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right? Part two, he has to be okay with that. Yeah. Right? And I yelled at him from across the store one night. He, uh, I'm already out. Um, can I come play with somebody else? And I said, no, all you play is CEDH and I can't keep up. <laughs> Build something else if you want to play with us. Right? And yeah. I was I was joking. Yeah. But he goes, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Yep. You're not wrong. Not everybody likes to play against that. And if they are stuck or have to or, or, or find themselves playing against that, then they try to eliminate it first. Yep. And then that guy has to be okay with that. Yep. And then it goes back to what we were talking about 20 minutes ago when we said, if you don't like that, don't double down on it and yeah. try to ba- make it better. Yeah, that's the deck that you take apart when you... Because you're like, oh, man, I'm not cool with getting beat down all the time. I'm not cool with being public enemy number one. Yeah. So you take the deck apart. Yeah. They they don't last because you're not having the experience that you want. Never have a deck that you don't want to play because you can think, I really want to, but never. If you have a deck that does that to you, take it apart. What's the point? I never even knew that that was a thing until one time it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it's happened to you. Yep. It's happened to me. And it's like, ugh, I don't even like, I don't even, I don't want to play this deck. Yep. And why do you keep it apart? Because it was like your first deck ever. Yeah. Or it, it's your most powerful deck. If you don't like it. Do something else. Take it apart. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. Like, this isn't a powerful deck, but I remember, again, first trip to Vegas, I had, uh, if you're way back in the day, we built Counterless Simic. Remember that? Where it was a Simic deck that didn't have plus one, plus one counters on it. Or counter spells? No counters. Right? Nothing yeah. that says counter no on it at all. No experience counters. No counters. And, and the deck was fine, but it was a Primal Surge deck. At the end of the day, mm. it was a Primal Surge deck. And I like over the weekend in Vegas, I got bored with it. And when I got it home, I brought it out to a Magic Night with us and the Dude Bros. And I looked at it a bunch of times. And I went, oh, man. this is I don't want to play this. And took it apart. Yeah. You know, and I never looked back. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what's funny is I played against the guy in Vegas 2018 in the uh, Commander Championship, and he had a Primal Surge deck. And he kind of said the same thing. He's like, I've been playing this deck all day, and I've had it for a while, and I know how to play it. Everybody knows what it's going to do. Yeah. But I think I'm going to take it apart after this. Yeah. Because it, 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 yeah. it, it gets dull, right? Like Yeah. It, so, okay. Well, okay, Maybe it impacts people that you're playing with. Like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. But let's when you bring see it, it full boring. circle. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. What makes you take a deck apart? When well, I when I pick it up and go, <laughs> other than that, like, I'm having a hard time now because, like I say, I have 24 decks and I like <laughs> so many. I know I like all of them. Yeah, I really like them. Yeah. Like, I ha- and I I don't want to have more than 24. That's too many. That's too many decks. Too many already. Can't keep up. I already have too many. I don't want 25. So every time I build a new one, I have to take one apart. And now I don't really have any that are on deck to take part because I like them all so much but usually it's when I have those experiences where it's like I'm just so sick of this but I've I've tuned them all to a level where it's like oh I like this one though I like when I do this and this and this is my only deck that does this or whatever right and so I have a hard time taking them apart well we brought it full circle let's continue lap two lap two lap two one of your new checkpoints is do I want this deck or do I want to play this commander 
more than one of my other commanders. Exactly. Yeah. And that is that is a good gauge if you don't have infinite time or like let's say you play magic once a month. Sure. Once every two or three weeks, not every week, twice a week like Brando and I. Yeah. Um, say you don't have infinite money. Say you your playgroup or LGS isn't okay with proxies and doesn't want you to just print decks off. Yeah. Because nobody really likes to play against ninety nine proxies. Like, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, but not everybody likes that. Yeah. Right. Is this deck strategy commander color combination amount of money I'm going to spend on this new stack of a hundred cards? Is it better or more fun? more engaging, more affordable, whatever, yeah. than something I already own? And a lot of the times, the answer is no. The answer is no, and that's yeah. why that's why you have 24 decks. That's why I have 24 decks. <laughs> because you decks. build it anyways, yeah, and build... you don't take about anything exactly. else. Exactly. <laughs> well, they're, they're like my, they're my little babies. I worked hard on them. Do you know how hard it was to cut just Cranko from the top of Muxus? <sighs> like, just to take Cranko and put him in the nine. You know how hard that was? Oh, I had a little funeral. <laughs> Oh, man. I put him out on a boat and shot the, an arrow at The him. sleeve that Cranko was in, like, I took it out and I put that sleeve in, like, a place of honor. It's like the Cranko commander sleeve, right? <laughs> oh, that was hard. It's hard. Oh, you put him in a regular deck sleeve? Yeah. What was the card you cut for him? Cranko? In the 99. Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, it doesn't it, matter. Honestly, it was probably something like, it was like. It was more, fucking Basic Mountain. Yeah, it, it that's probably what it was. was. It, it might have been a Basic that Mountain. that is the CCO deck building way. Yeah. 36 <laughs> land, 35 land in Cranko, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, that deck doesn't need, I don't. I think it only plays like 33 land anyway now. Oh, yeah. Are it, we, are we, we're not giving deck building advice on this show, are we? No. No, no. deck building advice yeah. today, hey? Don't, don't listen to us. We're, we're bad. Yeah, just 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 our thoughts on building decks. Just why we build them, why we take them apart. Definitely not advice. Yeah, why do you? Because you have way fewer decks than I do. I think you build fewer decks less often than I do. Uh, and numbers would indicate. And you seem more willing to dismantle one. I I have. And this is gonna make me sound weird, but I have an emotional connection with my decks. These are little works of art that I worked really hard on. Do you not have that, or do you? Have like I have the memory of doing this, yeah, and so I'm secure in that feeling. Like I, I can dis I can dismantle any deck because I'll remember that I had it. Like what's what, what are you? I could dismantle any deck because I remember that I had it. Yeah, it's like, this is gonna come to a shock, come as a shock to you and maybe to some of the listeners, but kay. especially to you. Okay, between the two of us, I'm more of a realist than you. What? <laughs> no fucking way, man. No fucking way, man. Is that true? I am more of a realist than you. Um, in in my book, two plus two always equals four. Oh, no, not mine. Uh, see? Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, Depends how I feel that day. Sometimes it's uh, five. Sometimes it's 22. It's two twos. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, it should be red-green because it breaches hulls. <laughs> <laughs> when I have... Too many decks for me to feel like I'm not playing them often enough. In at the local dude dude bro night, okay, and or at the LGS, if it isn't a deck that I can pick up and say, walk into the store and say I have this deck, and make and and know for certain that I can sit down and either rule zero my way into a game or pre-game conversation my way into a game and say this deck's a little bit powerful or this deck's pretty weak 
if I can't pregame myself in with any deck any night of the week, it's not a deck that I want. Wow. There's one. Okay. There's one because I'm probably not going to find very many opportunities to play a deck if it gets too powerful. True. Because I don't want to be the guy. And this is the reason that Crab Tribal exists. Mm -hmm. This is the reason. For two or three weeks in a row, and this was just a few months ago because Crab Tribal is like my second newest deck. Right. A couple months ago, I went three weeks in a row without losing one single game at the LGS. Wow. And I couldn't tell when I sit down with the various people that I played against, I could tell when when I sat down, they would say something like, oh yeah, Ryan's playing. He's fine with any power level. Ooh, am I? Because <laughs> I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm not, right? Like I'm just playing decks that are more powerful. And I'm playing against players that are less experienced with Magic the Gathering and with Commander than sure. I am. Yeah. So what am I going to do to make sure that everybody has a good time and to make sure that nobody wants to avoid playing with me if they want the experience of either doing the thing and or winning? Right. I'll make something or I'll take the thing apart that I have no sentimental attachment to and I'll make a weaker thing. Sure. And I'm totally okay with that because... That I've had that deck one time and I could still tell the stories or give advice on it. Yeah. Um, also, and this is a very recent thing, I find that I'm not very attached to any one magic card. Oh my God. Any strategy, anything. Oh my God. My job over the last few years has become magic. Yeah. Painting cards and, and interacting with the community and stuff. And especially because I sell cards for money. Yeah. Ooh, fuck, I like having money sometimes more than I like having magic cards because that, like, buys me food and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, because of that, it's like, you know, maybe I don't need this whatever. Maybe I don't need a Cyclonic Rift in this deck. Yeah, maybe, maybe having 40 bucks is better than that. Sure. Or maybe not being the guy that rifts somebody then attacks, you know, a bunch of new players. Yeah. Fuck, first time you saw a rift if you're 12 years old? Ooh, yeah. pretty disheartening experience. <laughs> yeah. you, right? This is one of the times you want to say, I didn't see a cyclonic rift until I was already a man. I Good. Wish, I wish kids didn't. Yeah, yeah, man, that's like going to war. Yeah. A little cyanide capsule around your necklace, learning how to use an AK-47 before right. you even got your first hair on ball. Yeah. Ooh, we went there, eh? Yeah, hey. Child soldiers, only in CCO. Yeah. Not really, though. That's what the C stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, sentimental, realist. Sometimes decks just got to die. Unless you're mine and then I keep them forever and you got to eventually Faldor and Scary Wolf Lady, so I'll take something apart. Yeah, and eventually if you want them to die, you got to give them a cyanide capsule. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well. So now, you've heard for the last hour-ish why we build decks, how we build decks, why we like decks, why we don't like decks. Now we want to hear from you down in the comments. So comment down below what's your longest deck. Why do you why you attract to certain commanders? Do you have a certain number of decks you don't want? How do you make room in your roster for more stuff? So let us know down in the comments below. We'll read them, and maybe we'll address them all when we come back on another episode of the show yep. that has been brought to you by FusionGamingOnline.com, your source for all your gaming needs and the proud sponsor. I assume they're still proud of us <laughs> after our visit to the store in a couple of days. And uh, hold on, I got one more thing. Oh, okay. If if you've got decks that you think that we would like based on what we've talked about, 
send them in. CommanderCoco to gmail.com. There we that's, go. That's the every place for them. And we do keep them all. We every, save all of them. Every single one. And if you're a patron and there's a couple, there's like various places to put your decks if they're casual or tuned or if you're at the preferred deck list tier, etc. There's places to put them that we, we find them. Mm-hmm. And we use those ones more. So mm-hmm. if you've, and I mean, lots of people know all this already, but if you're new, you can send decks in and we do them and we like doing them and they're better than our shitty decks that we just talk about all day. Yeah, <laughs> Despite true. how sentimental Brando yeah. is about them, we ah. like doing everybody's decks. Now we should do Arc of Brando's decks. 24 episodes oh, of man. nothing but my deck. Do, do, think, think, do you think Editor Joe would lose his shit if we did... Uh, 24 decks in one episode or oh. or one deck for 24 episodes probably would <laughs> probably would he, he probably would and you know what maybe we'll start doing that on the next episode of commander cookout podcast hit our theme song <laughs>